another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. And as of this recording, it's actually your birthday. It is my birthday, yes. Thank you for all the well wishes. I haven't even, I didn't say anything yet. Are you no, talking? you haven't. You haven't. Uh, Other people have. General. Uh, <laughs> and you are 61, correct? I am 61. Nice, nice. Yeah. You, uh... There's apparently some famous baseball player who got 61 home runs in 1961. So Steve Pakin reminded me of that. Was that Roger Maris? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm good. Yeah. Stuff, so yeah, You and Pakin should get along. I feel bad for you because during this lockdown, like you haven't been able to take a lot of advantage of like seniors discounts at restaurants. And stuff. <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, I, all I have is my shopper's drug market card. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This show, as always, brought to you by the good folks at Municipal Solutions. John Mutton and the team doing a bang-up job. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Tony, as you always do, I know you'll share a little bit more about them and also some of our other partners. Yes, uh, the Muttonator is working hard, although he did send birthday wishes today, Jody. I just want to make that point clear. So thanks to John and Anna for those birthday wishes. But on a more serious note, they are available for development services and project management at Municipal Solutions. They can do development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you have a minor variance issue or a land severance issue, they can help you with that. And of course, building permits, go to municipalsolutions.ca. And we also want to do a shout out to our other sponsor, Halton GR. Stephen J. Sparling is a municipal lobbyist representing development industry clients in the GTA West, such as Etobicoke, Mississauga, and Oakville. Go to haltongr.com. And don't forget, exclusive content, including our show episodes you cannot hear anywhere else, only available at looneypolitics.com. Use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription. Once again, looneypolitics.com. Okay, so we have a, a wonderful guest today. We have uh, don't have a ton of time with him, but just quickly, I don't know if you saw this, Tony, as of this recording, uh, of course, we're in the throes of this trucker convoy heading to Ottawa and apparently the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, now has a COVID exposure and has to isolate for five days. Convenient. Yes, our thoughts and prayers are with the Prime Minister. <laughs> you don't have to be sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry. He'd be boosted, I guess, eh? Oh, yeah, he's triple vaxxed. Maybe even working on his fourth. So. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. just, in, just an interesting sidebar. So I know you want to introduce our guest here, and let's get to it. Yes, we're very pleased to have on And Another Thing podcast the Chief Executive Officer of the Ontario Real Estate Association, that is Tim Hudak, of course. He was a member of Provincial Parliament from the, from the Niagara area from 1995 to 2016. So we served in the legislature together, and he was a cabinet minister with me. Uh, we were cabinet members together, and he was, of course, a leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario from 2009 to 2014, and last but not the least, he met his wife, Deb, through politics. So welcome to the program, Tim. 
Welcome. Very kind, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Uh, and another thing, Jody, best to you uh, as well. And holy smokes, happy birthday, Tony. I cannot believe for a second that my, my ear, earbuds must not be working. 61, I don't believe that. I remember that fresh face, wet behind the ears, Tony Clement, MPP, Brampton. We sat yeah. together in the Common Sense Revolution quiz to make sure we qualified to be candidates back in 95. Yeah. We were but kids, 61, I, I don't believe it. I was I was 34 at that time, Tim. So I know you haven't aged, but I have in fact aged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on on this audio cast, I don't believe that. Here's <laughs> tell me otherwise. <laughs> now, Jody has a, has a upfront question he wants to ask because uh, he heard something about one of the things you're doing at uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association. Uh, Jody, you put me on the spot. Yeah, Tim, uh, quickly, and I don't know if you have a lot of details on this, but I'm I'm going through the Twitter feed for. Uh, you know, the real estate association the other day. And, and I noticed a post about a conference or an event coming up where it's, it started out on the tweet that we have booked the best political podcast in Canada uh, to host or moderate or something. And I'm like, I was like, well, I don't remember Tony telling me about this and I didn't have it on my calendar. And then I look and I see it's some other podcast coming there to be a guest. And it's like, looks like a college radio team or something like what's that all about because we're the number one podcast i don't know if you know that well you just didn't read all the way down right it was a thread that was uh, the number one podcast with politics with three or more people i like that yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's, he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing so uh, uh in all seriousness though you, you you've got some great work that you're doing uh, at oria and uh, maybe talk a little bit about what it is that you do uh, representing the Ontario Real Estate Association. Yeah, th thanks, Tony. I mean, I'm um, proud to uh, to be the, the chief executive officer of the Ontario Real Estate Association. So my boss are the uh, 85,000 or so realtors across our province in every city and town. They're out working hard, particularly at a challenging time, right, to help people get the keys to a, a great place to call home. We have 36 um, member boards in every uh, geographic region of the province that are part of our association as well. And we also, Tony, you know, we, we stand for the Canadian dream of home ownership. We fight every day for homeowners and people who want to join their ranks. And quite frankly, you know, we're very concerned that that great Canadian dream that inspired, you know, your family and my family when they came here as immigrants, um, that it is slipping further and further away from hardworking Canadians. Yeah, no, this is, uh, you're really at the a very meaningful um, point in the history of the province and the country, really, because uh, one of the things that's happened during COVID, I'm not saying because of COVID, but uh, simultaneously with COVID, at least, is uh, the massive increase in uh, housing costs and housing prices. And so uh, talk a little bit about that and about what uh, your organization, how you feel about that. Yeah, you bet. So I'll start with, uh, you know, the realtor on the street is one of our members and what they're going through. And then I'll, I'll talk about the big picture for our country as a whole, uh, Tony and Jody. For, for the realtor on the street, I mean, she's out there busting about every day uh, for, you know, buyers who are trying to get uh, their first home. And these are folks who did everything right, Tony. They, they played by the rules. They went to school. They worked hard. They got a good job. They saved up every buck that they could. But every time they go to um, put an offer on a home, there's 14, 15 or more others that are offering for the home. And it's become a cruel game of musical chairs with more and more people trying to get a home of their own and losing out. 
that's a consequence on on that ability, that family to to invest, to to benefit from their home, to be truly comfortable, to raise a family. And there's far too much of that happening. What does that mean for a country as a whole? Well, you know, great thing about Canada from the time of Confederation through the Depression, the the wars, 70s and 80s, every, every generation had a better shot at owning their home than the parents or the grandparents. It's an incredible thing that built our social fabric, a strong middle class, the, the greatest source of wealth for Canadians. But for the first time in Canada's great history, Tony, homeownership has actually been in decline since 2012. That's dangerous. And we're trying to reverse that. Yeah, I know. I think this is so important. And I, I think you and I had this conversation on my other show. But, uh, you know, there's uh, this is the first time at least I've been aware that there are political actors uh, who actually don't believe in home ownership. It used to be that was a common thread amongst everybody that part of how you got ahead was you owned your own home. That was usually the biggest purchase you made in your life as a as a individual or as a family. Uh, and that was what everybody aspired to. But now there are people that say, no, that's that's not necessary. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to uh, encourage home, home ownership. So you're fighting that battle, too. Yeah, and it is a radical opinion in, in the history of, of Canada. At its peak around 2012, we had over 70% of adults uh, owned their home. And, you know, study after study, Tony, has demonstrated that, that homeowners then tend to reinvest in their home. They care about their neighbors and their neighborhood. They, they volunteer more. And their children, all else constant, tend to do better in school, better health outcomes, and get better jobs. It's really, you know, built our country and now it's under attack by some who, you know, want to actually tear down homeownership. They've even come up with this preposterous idea, Tony, to put a tax on people's homes and a lot of middle class homes, quite frankly, in our urban areas to try to make them less valuable, to try to knock down the savings that people have built up there to make homeownership less desirable. It's so not only they're saying, well, renting can be a good option and, and it can be at various times in our lives for sure, but they're actually trying to make homeownership less attractive by putting a big tax on it and undermining its value. So this is this home equity tax idea. So t tell us what you've heard about that and tell us what your reaction has been to that. There's a, a study that came out from a group called Generation uh, Squeeze who have taken this um, you know, radical approach to try to knock down home ownership and eliminate the value that you get in your home uh, over years. And I'd love to come back to the second part. And they, they actually got funded by the CMAC, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, the government crown agency, to do a study. And they came up with this idea of putting a tax on your home that you pay every year, just like the property tax, but this to the federal government, or it could be accumulated and you pay it when you sell your home. Now, they say they start with million-dollar homes, as if those were mansions. But as you know, in many of our urban areas, including where you had represented one time in the Peel region, right. that's a middle-class home. I think it's about 15% of the homes in the province of Ontario put a new tax on top of that year after year. We're strongly against that. We think homes are taxed enough as it is. And quite frankly, you cannot tax your way to affordability. So, and uh, the liberals, uh, this came up during the federal election campaign too. And then the liberals in the midst of the election, uh, I think I think Aaron O'Toole is starting to get some traction by saying, hey, if you re if you reelect the liberals, there's going to be this home equity tax. The uh, Justin Trudeau and the liberals denied that they were even contemplating this. But this this seems to keep cropping up, right? Yeah, there's that old expression where there's smoke, there's fire. And it certainly is smoldering a lot here. The, um, 
uh, CMHC, a government agency under the current government, uh, funded this study. That is not their job. Their job is to work on housing supply and affordability. They should stick to their knitting and not finance political activism. It's not their mandate. It was considered as part of the liberal policy process nationally. They did drop it, but the flag was raised to see how people would react. Hmm. And then the former head of the CMHC, um, Evan Siddall, uh, actually seemed to champion this idea and is doing so publicly now uh, since he's left that position. You've seen the editorial board of the Globe and Mail. So, you know, if, if you're elite, you're comfortable, you've got your own home and you've been able to buy one for your kids, you probably don't care that much about it. But if you actually are struggling, you want to see your son or daughter be able to afford a home or yourselves, of course you're opposed to this idea. You want to see governments uh, concentrate on increasing affordability and supply, not putting another whopping tax on the back of homeowners. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, because uh, I think one of the great things about your organization is that you're not just against something. You, you, you actually are trying to advocate for policies that will uh, reduce the cost of housing, uh, increase affordability, uh, increase supply, these kinds of things. So tell us a little bit about that mandate. Yeah, so realtors are, are educated. Um, they're regulated. There's a professional body to ensure that they do follow the rules, committed to professionalism. And their, their basic goal is if you're a seller, is to get you the best value for your home so you could buy a, a bigger home or be comfortable in your retirement uh, or to advocate for, for buyers so they can get the keys. And, and I tell you, Tony, nothing makes a, a realtor on the street happier uh, than when they hand over the keys to a, a home for first-time buyers. You should see their faces smile when they talk about those stories. We want to see more of that um, of that happening. So what we do is we, we do our research. We look at other jurisdictions. We bring ideas forward to governments. As a provincial association, we do concentrate more at the provincial level, but we will work at municipal and national levels with our partners as well. And we're really focused on increasing housing supply, more choice in the marketplace, more starter homes, more move-up homes when the kids get bigger, you need a bit more space, and also more rentals. It's really been our focus. And in so doing, more people can become homeowners and we get Canada back on track when it comes to our level of homeownership in this country. And it's also good for the economy. So uh, what's been the reaction to some of these ideas? Quite positive. You know, we, we I have to say is, um, well, you know this too, Tony, right? Yeah. We'll let people uh, in on a bit of a secret here that, well, sometimes you can, uh, you know, uh, have a bit of uh, verbal jousting in the legislature or parliament. Politics is, can be a bit like pro wrestling, right? You put on a show for the camera, you go out and have a, a beer and a conversation <laughs> afterwards. I, I hope you agree with that, but yeah, it yeah. can be like that. So, you know, um, we've had a very good reception, whether it's uh, liberals, progressive conservatives, new Democrats, or green in the Ontario legislature. In fact, all the parties have incorporated some of our ideas and their campaign platforms in the past, and we hope this time for June of 2022. They all do seem committed to um, helping more people find a great place to to call home um, and seek out uh, our advice. So how's the reception been quite good? And, you know, one victory, I'll, two victories I'll, I'll briefly speak to. Uh, the Ford government um, began with the Wynn government, continued by Ford, brought in a new legislation for high professional standards and tougher discipline for realtors who uh, break the rules uh, and new business tools to make us North American leaders when it comes to professional standards. That was excellent. And number two, under Housing Minister Steve Clark, they brought forward the More Homes more Choice Act. They took eight of our 10 ideas that we brought forward, so we give them an A for that. We like to see right, that. Right. But it's starting to pay dividends. For the first time in over two decades, we're actually seeing an increase in the number of homes being built. They're on the right course. More work to do. Hmm, interesting. I mean, and I, I think that it, it could be uh, an interesting 
uh, issue in the next Ontario provincial election campaign, as you say, coming up in June, because uh, I think uh, Steve Clark, uh, the minister, he was he was actually out there saying, you know, you, you got to reelect us because otherwise housing will be unaffordable. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not asking you because you have to be nonpartisan. I, I get that. But it's, it's kind of interesting that they're starting to ramp up the rhetoric on this issue because it's an issue that, you know, a great percentage of the population cares about. Right. It's highly motivating for people, you know. Um, you'll have your uh, millennial generation, uh, Tony, which because of immigration will be the, the biggest generation in the history of our country who are now in their um, family uh, years, are starting to have kids, are getting promoted, and they're saying we did everything we are told, but we still can't find a place to call home. You've got their moms and dads, the, the boomers, who love their sons and daughters dearly, but wouldn't mind if they moved out of the basement and got a place of their own. So these two groups are highly motivated by this issue. In fact, uh, our polling at the Ontario Real Estate Association, and your listeners can go to OREA, O-R-E-A.com to check it out, does show that it'll be a top three election issue come 2022's uh, June election. Jody, what's it like in your area? For housing? Yeah. It's, oh, it's bad. I mean, bad in the sense of there's not much available. And I think... Um, one thing I wanted to ask Tim and your thoughts on from a municipal perspective, it's been my experience. I mean, I was a former counselor and it didn't seem to be so bad when I was on council, but it seems these days, you know, there's developments coming forward with plans for housing. And it just seems at the municipal level, there's so many small fringe groups or vocal groups that seem to stymie the ability to develop this housing that everyone seems to be screaming for. Yeah, Jody, you nailed that. One of the greatest uh, challenges uh, to build housing over the years has been uh, has been NIMBYism. Um, the social media is now to allow to become uh, more active, more successful. It's even morphed into a brand new acronym called BANANA. Build absolutely nothing anywhere near anybody is what BANANA stands for. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, and, you know, who, who pays the price for that? Well, it's, it's young Canadians. It's uh, new immigrants to this country. It's entrepreneurs who have... You know, more challenges with the financing rules for mortgage. So, you know, neighbors who are very comfortable in their own homes um, don't seem to want one for somebody else and just keep pushing housing away. And the consequences are, you know, it's, it's our next generation are paying the price for that. And that talent, that talent is simply going to pick up and move. You know, they won't take this much longer and they'll just go to another state or another province to find their way forward. Surely it's only because of housing prices. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. We, in fact, Further to that, we actually were, I was just having a conversation with someone. We have like close to, I'm going to say a couple thousand unfilled uh, positions within our industrial and manufacturing sector here in this area. And, you know, there's a big push to get those jobs filled. And then people make a good point. They say, well, where are these people going to live if they come here to work? Right. Like it's a, it's a, it's a vicious circle for sure. Yeah, and I and I, I can say in Muskoka, same same kind of uh, debate going on. Uh, we do have some new uh, housing developments, but uh, sometimes when uh, a developer wants to do a development around a lake, let's say, people just lose their minds, right? And uh, and so they they don't want to see their their little bit of paradise in any way upset by a new development. So it becomes, it does become an issue even in Muskoka for affordable housing because we do, we obviously have high end uh, cottages, but uh, most people in Muskoka, you know, don't live in high end cottages. They, they live month to month or, you know, uh, half a year they're working hard and the other half of the year they can't get that work. It's, it's, uh, it's that kind of an economy, very seasonal. So uh, in this sense, it's, it's a problem in Muskoka too. 
Yeah, what we need to do, obviously, is make sure you've got the um, environmentally sensitive areas um, maintained that way. But there is plenty of space um, otherwise. And there's really two things here, Tony, for areas like in Prairie Muskoka that you ably represented for many years. Give more discretion to the local municipalities on their growth and reward them for that. You know, if they're actually building homes that people can afford, then they should be to the top of the list for the next provincial or national infrastructure fund for their water sewer project or their recreation center. Uh, we have far too many sort of rules built to constrain growth in Toronto, Mississauga, imposed on Ontario's small communities where there's plenty of space. In urban areas, here's an idea for you. Um, you know, we think of that, uh, whether it's in, in uh, Brampton or in Vaughan, that wartime bungalow from the 1940s, and it's yeah. well past its prime. So if somebody buys that today in these cities, they could turn into a four-story monster home. You see it happening a lot, and that's their right. They own the property, and that's for one, you know, well-off family. But, Tony, if they wanted to turn that into duplexes or triplexes or a, a fourplex that four families could afford, get a foothold in the marketplace, they go through this red tape ringer and nimbyism and delays, and they just walk away. And right. those four families are left without a home. So our view is allow that owner of the property to go either way. They want to build a monster home, fine. But if they want to build homes that people can afford, it should be a level playing field. Hmm. No, well put, well put. Hey, I gotta, I, I'm gonna switch gears here because I know we only have a, a couple minutes left. But life after politics, uh, you know, looking back, and you know, you went through the ringer. We all go through the ringer if you're in politics for any period of time. Try to do some change, but it's just, uh, is it just me or is it just so toxic now? Like uh, you, you can't, you can't be looking back and saying, "Boy, the next thing I want to do uh, for Deb and the kids is to go back into politics." <laughs> it's so true. I and I bet you know when we started, Tony probably had some of the more veteran members say the same thing, right? We all sounded like Abe Simpson eventually uh, <laughs> in life. But um, yeah, I, I I do think that um, some of the collegiality. Um, the nonpartisanship working together, we could get a better dose of that. I, I know from the stands that you took when you ran for leader, I, I love to see more independence from members to represent their constituents as opposed to, you know, towing the party line. We've got probably the most rigid partisan system among the parliamentary democracies. But I, I, at the same time, I want to be encouraging those, you know, listening to the podcast. Like, there is nothing like it, Tony. I hope you agree. The ability, you're one of the few that has a microphone and a desk. You can fight for your community, yeah. what you believe in. It counts. It was a wonderful way uh, to go through life. I, I loved every minute when traded for the world. But sometimes it's time to walk off the stage and put your energies elsewhere. Well, I miss all the good things about politics. I don't miss all the bad things about politics. So there you go. Well put. Uh, my last question, and I'll, I'll toss it over to Jody. My last question is a Super Bowl pick. Who are you going with? Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is ERC. It ripped the wound right open. Debbie and I actually went to, we went to Kansas City last weekend for that game. And uh, we bought second row seats. We uh, coughed up the money for it with some friends of ours um, from uh, from Niagara, who now live in the States. And it was a great experience. It was the best football game uh, I think I've ever seen. And I was so happy to be there live, even though my team lost. Since you were the there. The Bills, I was there, second row ringside, man. It was an incredible experience. Plus, they've got some mighty good barbecue in Kansas City. Oh, oh yes. So I would recommend the destination. But um, uh, now that the Chiefs beat the Bills, I'm with the Chiefs, and they'll win a the Super Bowl. Okay. What do you think, Jody? Oh, I got, I got no other questions. I don't, I don't even know about the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I, I'm going to pull for the Niners, but I'm glad the Bills lost. And you, oh, him, shame, him. shame. All right, what I said about that podcast? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's too late. The damage was done when I, when I saw the tweet. Um, you're not one of those ones that's whining about the overtime rules, though, are you? 
Hey, the, the rules are the rules. You know them getting That's in. Right. Right? I was really That's proud right. how the Bills performed. And uh, it was a season taking hold of for many, many years. And, you know, I walked out of that stadium. My, my, held, my head held high. They put on a valiant performance. And they've got a great future. It's not the end for them, that's for sure. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Tim Hudak, uh, I know you've got some family responsibilities, so thank you very much for coming on the program. It's been great to have you, and thanks for sharing the uh, the perspectives of the Ontario Real Estate Association. My pleasure, Tony and Jody, and my friend. All the best. A very happy birthday. Enjoy. Thank you. Excellent discussion on the Real Estate Association, housing in general, uh, lots of good uh, good info shared. Tony, I was going to say, like you, with your palatial estate, what is it, like a sprawling 1,200 acres, you could probably have like Huntsville live with you and help some people, couldn't you? Well, yeah, it's the Spawn Ranch. Yeah, that's where that's where I live, yeah. Actually, uh, no. how, how big is that yellow? Is that... Which that Yellowstone Ranch? Do you watch that show, by the way? I, I've I've yeah I've watched two thirds of the pilot episode, and and, uh, and that's all I've done. Yeah, I've watched the first episode too. I I, I know there's tons of people that are into it. I, they swear I wasn't that it. hooked. I wasn't that hooked. I don't yeah, know. yeah, no, it did not do anything for me. And uh, so I, I although I have met Kevin Costner uh, oh, at the God. super at the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, it just continues. <laughs> Just ten years with you, but yeah, Tim was great. That was a great, good conversation. So. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's terrific, and uh, he, you know he knows his football too. So that was kind of fun to do that. And uh, he's uh, you know like a second uh, second act guy. Like he had a whole political career. He started when he was extremely young, uh, as I did, and, and now look at him. He's he's doing something in public policy. He's doing something for our our realtors in Ontario and really for the whole country. So um, good on him, and we wish him well. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was awesome, and definitely would love to have him back uh, anytime for the show. Uh, as always, this show is brought to you by Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. Also, want to thank the team at MNC Podcasts for all their work uh, in promoting us. Tony, I don't know if I told you this, but our show is like it's just going through the roof as far as downloads and listeners. So it's really taking a huge jump there. And uh, we're very excited about that. And then uh, also wanted to mention looneypolitics.com. Use the code podcast for 50% off your annual subscription to get exclusive content, including and another thing. And I know you want to thank some of our other partners. Yes, we want to thank Stephen J. Sparling at HaltonGR.com for his continued sponsorship and uh, and our listeners. I mean, they as you say, we, we're, it's becoming more and more and more popular. We really appreciate the listenership and we get the feedback. Uh, I know you do, Jody and I do, uh, people saying great episode or, you know, really like this and, and this this really helps us move forward. And if you really like our podcast, don't forget we've got the merchandise table That's open. Right. At uh, right. ZekeAgency.com Zeke for your uh, and another thing podcast coffee mug or uh, for a hoodie or whatever you need. Did your hoodie come in yet? I, I have to check. I have to check. Oh. I haven't checked the mailbox recently. Well, wouldn't it be in like a box? What do you mean your mailbox? Well, I'm, I, I, I have, mailbox. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I live in a rural area. We don't. We don't have. We don't get mail delivered to our house. Okay. You don't get any mail delivered to your house. No. Oh wow! Seriously, I live, in, I live in rural. I, I live in a rural area. <laughs> anyway, you don't some have of a us mailbox. don't get. I don't have mailboxes. I'm sorry. They, you don't have a mailbox <laughs> out of the end of your driveway. No. Oh, okay. Well, news to me. News <laughs> to me. So anyway, well, let me know when you get the hoodie. I will. I let. I let everybody know when I get the hoodie for sure. 
All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll do this again in seven days. Fantastic, man.